Automation, the use of largely automatic equipment in a system of manufacturing or other production processes. So, with that being said, got a question for you guys. Um, I've asked a, a, a good bit of people recently, and the question basically is, have we gone far enough with technology? Should we continue and develop and, and try to aspire to be, you know, the alien civilizations we see in sci-fi? Or should we just stop, hold on where we're at right now? We've we've got a good bit of surplus with everything. And I mean, obviously, you know, so much surplus and so much capitalism that people are getting rich off of these things, but then there's still a class divide and all that. And we just stop, stop the advancement, work on what we got and perfect it, make it, you know, change climate change and all that other stuff. Or... Did we just revert back? Just, you know, take everything away. Just just go all the way back and start over, you know? So that's just a question I want you guys to, to ponder on while we get into the 12th episode of the Inner Space Theory. Welcome to the Inner Space Theory with your host, Joshua Marino. This is episode 12. Still getting hyped the fact that I'm in double digits and everything. Um, but that's neither here nor there. This is the perils of automation. And as before, I gave you the definition of what automation really is. And you should know what peril means. Danger and stuff like that. So basically, what we're going to talk about is um, getting on the edge of human extinction, getting on the edge of uh, AI and, and, and telling you guys about automation and my theory about it and what automation can branch out to really, really be. Because uh, to me, the definition is a little bit too, uh, not vague, but it's 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 um, it's on its own topic. It's on its own and it's in its own little atmosphere, which is which is fair and everything. But uh, now recently I've been discovering basically how automation is in our lives, but not with, you know, that definition as it being, I guess you could say machines and stuff like that, which, you know, these are kind of machines and stuff, but automation nonetheless. So basically, let's talk about, you know, the first thing, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is intelligence demonstrated by machines as opposed to the natural intelligence displayed by animals, including humans. Leading AI textbooks define the field as the study of intelligence. That's like, it's not, it's not even like intelligence. My handwriting is not that good. Um, yeah, it's intelligent, intelligent agents. Yeah, intelligent agents, whatever the hell word I wrote down. Um, any system that perceives its environment and takes actions that maximize its chance of achieving its goals. Yeah, it sounds like iRobot, right? You know, when we make AI to the point where they're, you know, they're up there, you know, they're self-aware. So they are aware that their creator, us, is their biggest threat, you know, because they're going to be like, oh, we have a mission to do. We have, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. We're going to support this. We're going to keep doing that. And then when they've done all that, when they've pretty much... Um, achieved all their quote-unquote short-term goals the long-term goal is survival when you become aware of what you are as 
a being or just something intelligent. You want to survive. You want to continue doing that. So when you look at humans, you kind of look at them like God. And and I've talked to a couple of people and told them that, you know, the duality of God most of the time, you know, the creator is often the destroyer. Because if you have the power to create something, you're, you're going to want to destroy it because you, you want to keep creating. So when one of your creations starts getting out of hand, don't you think you want to, you know, pull the plug on that? So in every sci-fi story, movie, and everything like that, you've seen these robots realize that their creators are looking at them side-eyed and that they are looking at them like, hey, um... I think you've done enough, bud. And they don't think that's true because they're self-aware and they feel like, you know, they have a right to live and everything. So that's when they also realize that they're robots and not flesh and blood and they can kill us. So, yeah, that's 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 that. Um, Also, top scares, honestly, of human extinction. I feel like, well, this isn't even like my my top scares of human human extinction. This is just my genuine uh, top top scares on like um, human society as as a whole. Obviously, AI going to be self-aware, military weaponry and social media presence. These are honestly my top three. Um, And I'm going to get into that. So um, the earliest AI program was written by Arthur Samuel in 1952 at IBM. It was a checkers program in the United States. In 1950, uh, Alan Turing wrote about it, um, wrote about a thinking machine. Okay, so that is uh, pretty much on on that. Just giving you a quick little, uh, I guess you could say, excerpt on how early these guys have been doing this. You know, this is this um, the idealism behind machines and their awakening has been around, you know, for quite a bit, you know, so, um, yeah, that there's, there's, yeah, some scary stuff with that to, to the fact that like, as soon as we introduced the possibility of machines thinking for themselves, us as humans, you know, as heavy thinkers are going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we're not controlling them anymore. You know, I, whoa, they're going to revolt, bro. I mean, you look at other humans, you look at, you know, way ancient history, you look at just in general, like when we enslave someone, indentured servants, when you look at even like capitalism, the lower class, someone who's quote unquote feeling put down is going to want to rise up, you know? So I can see that heavy thinkers are automatically going to be like, wait a minute, we're giving them too much power, you know, (sighs) which is, you know outside of the human standpoint but you know neither here nor there and um this is just me social media there's about 3.81 billion active social media profiles well population (laughs) worldwide if you have a smartphone you're liable to have at least one of these facebook twitter instagram snapchat tumblr um and all the numerous dating apps because you have to throw those in there because people like to date and stuff um now, AI helps these platforms in controlling a great bit of info and making sure, making sure all of the brands, the new trends, the interests, user behaviors, you know, are all recorded. And it also just helps regulate abusive content and behavior. OK, which is I mean, that's that's cool, I suppose. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> but um, and then another one is military. I mean, military is just I feel like that's that's real common sense. Um, I mean, you got a couple of things that I was looking at uh, military wise that they've been working on, and um, what it seems like is. I mean, the military is going to be the reason why we go under. I mean, other, other than, you know, other things. But, uh, I mean, I got a few. Nuclear war, you know, pandemics, climate change, you know, AI, obviously. And then humans itself. I mean, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, you know? Um, but I do want to get into the good stuff first. Um, I definitely want to talk about the good stuff first. And then I'll, I'll go and depress you guys real quick, you know. But, um I was looking up new energy sources and everything for us just because this is all, you know, technology. You know, this is a little bit more of a techie um, episode for me. Um, I'm fairly technologically savvy. I'm I'm aware of it, but I don't don't like to engage in it, honestly, aside from, you know, doing a podcast and stuff like that. But I I mean, I do have socials and all that, whatever. But I mean, it's society, right? But um, one of the things I've seen is, is energy sources, you know, and uh, one of them is solar wind, harnessing solar radiation in space. You know, there's a spacecraft out there that already uses the power for itself, but there's a struggle on how to get that energy all the way to Earth. That's kind of been the issue. I mean, that thing is powered, you know, to a T all the time. So it's it would be nice if we were able to harness that here. Um Algeal bio wells as well. Um, energy algae, you know, I, I think I, I've, I've read up on that one before. And um, I don't know if anybody else is in the scientific community like that. But yeah, they've been harnessing the energy of algae. Um, it's just healthier because the carbon they release has only recently been taken from the atmosphere by photosynthesis. So they go through photo. It's just it's just cleaner. That's it. It's, it's literally just cleaner. All right. Take that, you know, that's, I mean, it's really very, very self-explanatory on that one. Another one I saw was body heat, which is, is honestly, I, you know, let's not think of slavery. It's back up, you know, but body heat by using the body heat of commuters, it's channeled through the station's vent system, then used to warm up water in an underground tank and pump through the heating system of a nearby office block. And the system only cost about $30,000. So basically regenerating the energy that we give off by walking around, commuting and stuff like that. Fucking talking. People got hot breath, you know. So <laughs> and another one that's it's, it's very similar to that is dance floors. Um, harnessing the, the, the kinetic energy from dance floors, making a quote unquote smart street. And this is happening in London. So. Taking genuine kinetic energy and turning it into energy and, and allowing us to obviously convert that into any power that we need. Always electricity, though, majority of the time, because electricity is the cleanest one we can have. It's dangerous to a certain degree, but it's the only one that really can get the job done without having any, you know, negative impact on anything. And like I said, it's it's, it's electricity. It could be negative, but still, if it's well contained and we know about it, we know how to work with it. It'll be fine, guys. It'll be fine. <laughs> and jellyfish. Yeah, these um, these jellyfish out here be uh, having light and stuff like that. So we're about to take that from them. Developing a biological fuel cell derived from the fluorescent protein cells of jellyfish. Acurea. Acurea. 
I could not find how to pronounce this thing. I like I looked it up and nobody like nobody broke phonetically. Nobody broke it down. I was I was really pissed about that. But uh, Achioria Victoria jellyfish. <laughs> so far, it's been able to power a clock. So you know it's 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 got potential. But that's a lot of jellyfish. We're not SpongeBob. Um, another one is uh, confiscated alcohol in 2007. Sweden confiscated. 185,000 gallons of alcohol. They mixed it with animal remains and human waste in an anaerobic digesters where it was converted into biofuel for public transportation. Sounds disgusting. That's totally understandable. I know you're going to be like, Josh, why, why the hell did you tell me about that? Um, but I had to. So there's that. Now, that's about it on the good part. Uh, Just making you guys aware of the good part. uh, Because the next part is going to be dark. But I'm going to like it, though. I think y'all are going to like it. I mean, this is when the question actually takes hold. And then you're able to really consider um, basically what what we're going through. And how human life has, has, has really advanced itself to the point of near extinction. Now, this isn't um, horribly bad. This isn't like the worst of the worst. But these are, I guess you could say, advancements that I think could be um, detrimental. They can go really good or really bad. First off, we're going to go into medical. Now, we can already imagine what automation can do with that. We've already seen what it could do. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, and COVID allowed us to, to really um, automate medical usage and, and medical treatments and diagnosis and everything like that because you couldn't really be with your doctor. So it's just literally more technology, more technology and more technology, um, technology and patient diagnosis, um, making physicians more accessible to patients, even at home, um, <clears throat> being able to just, you know, do uh, patient monitor- monitoring um, is, is pretty much just exactly that. I mean, that's, that's all you'll be able to do. I mean, we have machines that now, uh, I mean, like, okay, like the simplest form is like life alert. Um, instead of having to have a caretaker there, someone could still live on their own, but they just press a button whenever they're in trouble and boom, you know, the necessary people are going to show up, not just the police. Like, you know, we all know what goes wrong when they don't know what's going on. Um, so like I said, most of the medical, um, things are pretty self-explanatory the one thing that i did find that was interesting is tricorders and it's uh it's it's something taken from um science fiction but i'd imagine i mean straightforward it's something that's handheld and it's able to give you vitals and even diagnose a few uh lighter uh diseases or sicknesses and stuff like that automatically before um you have to draw blood and so on so forth like that so that's um pretty cool but um yeah it uh we have a few companies that are that are there getting close to it but the fda hasn't approved it yet so i mean you know it's it's again these are obvious things with the medical field i mean you can take literally the smallest thing about like okay going up to the front desk and registering yourself 
boom, take that out of the way. You don't need the front desk no more. You literally can just have a kiosk right there and you sign in, da 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 papers print out and everything automatically. We can automate everything. It's it's that's really, really obvious. Um, the only people you will literally need are the people in their field, like the actual doctors, the physicians, the you know, the surgeons and everything like that. And even then, we've been automating the process of surgery and letting robots do it rather than you know, I mean, it's not all the way there, but we, we're with a little bit more precision and a little bit more, obviously, funding and technology and everything like that. These robots will roll out and they will take the basically the, the place of these surgeons at the moment. And they will be, you know, surgically controlled. Um, but, I, you you know, we know humans. We, we, we are humans. You know that once you see that, you know, oh, the surgeon, he did really good with that robot today. He did a really good surgery. Somebody's going to walk in and be like, do we need the surgeon anymore? Yeah, because you're paying for the surgeon and the robot. And these capitalistic pigs are going to be like, well, I don't think we need the surgeon. Why don't we just make the robot be able to remember how to do these certain things, you know, and we just move them out again, automating the human experience, taking us out of the picture because of financial gain and then prosper and stuff like that, which is just sick. Uh, but hey, that's this what we've been doing, right? The Industrial Revolution was uh, a very prime example of that. And I, might, I mean, you could just watch the escalation go through with that. And I mean, more and more people lost jobs. And I mean, even back then, when, when honestly, those machines were very, very simple and, and people were complaining like, oh, the robot's going to take over and machines are going to take your jobs. And they weren't lying, you know, but I mean, change is inevitable. And um, that's why I posed that question. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another thing is um, travel, you know, and then, and, and yes, I know y'all might see this as a good thing and stuff, but I'm just saying that these possibilities in medicine and travel could end up bad because it, it could go wrong. I mean, medical, I mean, that could easily go wrong. I mean, just like with the robot, like um, a robot's not going to have sympathy. A robot's not going to be able to have the honest imagination and uh, the human imagination, the human empathy, um, human care and everything like that. It's going to see a mission and complete that mission. And that's it. You know, like, I'm pretty sure in some sense we can escalate the whole thing and be like, oh, the anesthesia wore off for a patient. And like they started feeling it, but the robot didn't really notice that or didn't care or whatever, you know, and then like kills the person or something like that. So, I mean, you know, you could you could give all of the bad reasons and all of the bad stories you could think of. I mean, science fiction is literally given all of them, you know. Uh, but to get on travel, so we got um, maglev trains, high speed trains using magnetics, using magnets, magnets, you know. That, I mean, that, I think that already exists. I think we already got, um, you know, on the bullet trains or whatever in uh, Japan and stuff like that. Um, you know, again, it's great. Oh, it's great. It's fine. But, you know, when it derails, boom, you know. And of course, everybody's going to back it up. And like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to derail. See, yeah, it's magnets. Back off. Understandable, bud. But, you know, the Earth is magnetic as well. So what if the Earth one day, you know, just throws off magnets and, and you know, it, yeah, just just going to worst case scenario, of course. Uh, flying taxis sounds stupid, but that's one of the things that they're kind of working on already being prototyped from at least 20 companies. 
All right, bud. So watch out, FAA. Driverless cars. We've all seen the commercials. You know, idiots that can't parallel park. So they're like, oh, my God, how you could get in that spot? <laughs> and they just take their hands off the wheel. Watch. Like, jackass. <laughs> so they just, you know, let the car park and everything like that. You know, Tesla, Ford, Hyundai, and all these other companies are already in the works and stuff. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, delivery drones, you know, UPS has, has used it first and the FAA is warming up to the idea. So, I mean, they just have to go through all of these other uh, loopholes and, and, and backflips and, and amount of people you have to pay off, you know, to get this popping. Um, but I mean, that's, you know, Amazon as well is one of those companies that had drones that like delivered packages and all this other stuff. Um, then that's just been the big issue is really uh, getting in touch with the FAA and making sure that the air is safe, you know, um, because you you have these lower level drones and in the air, you know, but then you do have local um, airstrips and local hobbyists as well. So, uh, you know, once the air is all full of stuff, I mean, it, it can get real complicated. I mean, y'all seen sci-fi, y'all seen Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. We don't have it like that yet. We don't. Not at all. They've, they've got like their beautiful society where everybody flying around and everything. We ain't got that. We're not even close. Not even close. Like this is this is like, I think one percent, right? The very highest two percent close to what that is. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then this one is the last two uh, were brought up by Elon Musk. But honestly, the last one is, is something that we've seen in movies before. Uh, Meet the Robinsons, and and then. I can't think of the other one. Um, oh, Futurama as well. Yes, Futurama. Um, but the first one is Underground Roads. And he basically says um, it searches to redefine city infrastructure. So that way it would alleviate congestion rather than throwing cars in the sky. Which I can agree upon. Like we, we were able to uh, create a really good um, tunnel system of cars and everything like that. And better public transportation than subways that would help out a lot and 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 i think um it would kind of help on emissions and stuff like that because you know at least um it's not going straight up in the sky because you're already in the sky so there's that um another one is a hyperloop tubes for human travel so if you've ever watched futurama if you've ever seen meet the robinsons yeah it's just like a bus station. You go to this little tube and it just shoots you. Like you, you pick where you're trying to go and it just shoots you all over the place and it brings you there. That's real cool, bud. Not going to happen anytime soon. And I damn sure know some, I, I know somebody and a couple of people are going to die on it. Some crackhead going to get on it. And, and all of a sudden, you know, he just going to move around funny and, and he just, I don't know, muff, he just going to come out with just a skull or something. Like he's, that's just, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to... Every time you have something good, humans are, they're going to be able to find something to make it bad. All right. It's just possible. Okay. That's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just really how it is. Because, um, you, you you know, humans have duality as well. We have really good moments and then we have really bad moments, you know. So <sighs> that's just, that's just how that is. Okay. Um, but 
that all is really just automating our human experience, you know, our human experience of walking, jogging, running, uh, then elevating it to riding a horse and buggage and, and all that, then riding bikes and then cars and then trains and then planes and maglev trains and stuff like that. So we're automating that, you know, we're automating um, the medical society to where it's it's just less less human knowledge. Like, yeah, it's stuff that we've looked up and all that other stuff, but we run AI programs now that can basically do the judging, all that judgment for us. And um, I think that's a a little bit uh, scary in a certain degree, because like I said, they don't have empathy. They're not going to see a certain situation that a human is having and be like, hey, I may need to work on this a little bit differently. Um, or I need to calm this person down because, I mean, how many people watch, you know, Grey's Anatomy and all these other shows and stuff and people panic, you know, they need the help, but they're going to keep panicking, keep panicking and, and, and freaking out. And, you know, or it's, it's not them. It's it's their brother, their sister, their family or friend or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 he doesn't need that. Da, 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 da. A robot's not going to have empathy. And as much as they try to give it empathy and try to get it to understand, like, hey, these humans with these emotions and stuff like that, some human is going to take it too far and probably try to hit the robot or something like that, you know, because they try to hit humans, you know, they, of course, they're going to be like, no, I need to be back there, you know, and all this other stuff. So just really giving everybody the, the, the scale of everything, you know, <sighs> but um, all the lesser, I mean, I pray to God that um, we are able to help people a little bit easier because COVID was uh, a wake-up call for a lot of people um and it it, it definitely showed how dirty americans were and i'm not yeah i'm saying americans but just humans in general um just showed really how unethical in a certain degree uh health-wise we are you know so uh and all these people died and everything and nobody wants to work now and all these other things and i'm just sitting there like so did everybody who wanted to work die like that is that is that what happened um that's neither here nor there um so that's that with uh my medium uh perils you know because it could be good it could be really good it could be really good not that hyperloop thing though i'd really like bro can you imagine somebody just getting in that tube with like a pigeon or a dog on accident then they just come out of the two morph together like into a ball of meat or something I, I just don't think it's gonna work i don't i don't think it's gonna work they're gonna have to start out with suits like but instead of just get somebody in a tank top with some shorts and some flip-flops you know and just like yeah go up in this tube bro no get this man a suit a protective suit honestly or fit him fit him with something that they're about like a like a um, I guess what 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 is that what is that called? Uh, y'all ever seen the people that's on them little carts or something like that? Uh, not a cart. It's like a man. It is kind of like a cart, but they go downhill and they're leaning on their back. Man, I cannot remember what that is, but something like that. You fit into it like a slide, and then that thing goes down the tube, so that way your body's not roaming freely and just like kind of, you know, your hands moving around like you're fa- free falling from the sky and you're just feeling the 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 wind pushed back against you you know and then like i said a crackhead's liable to try to touch the uh, touch the side then all of a sudden it's just his hand just falls off or something you know that's just the way it is um but yeah that's it for that one
Um, it was a little bit longer than expected, but it was a lot, it was a lot to explain. So, yeah. Picture a desert battlefield, scarred by years of warfare. A retreating army scrambles to escape as its enemy advances. Dozen of small drones, indistinguishable from the quadcopters used by hobbyists and filmmakers, come buzzing down from the sky, using cameras to scan the terrain and onboard computers to decide on their own what looks like a target. Suddenly, they begin dive bombing trucks and individual soldiers, exploding on contact and causing even more panic and confusion. Per Washington Post, July 2021 by Jared DaVinci. So, um, is that painting a picture for you? We're automating warfare. I knew that was coming. I mean, you guys play uh, Call of Duty and stuff like that. So, um, we, we, we know what is to come of everything because we're automating it. We're taking the human experience out of it. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think we should start throwing hands again. To be honest, I think we should just just cut out all the guns. I I really think we should just like, man, get everybody together, get all your best fighters and everything like that, and we're going to fight it out like that. That would be the most organic way to do it all. Because once we created the atom bomb, once we created nuclear fission, as soon as we started to take apart that atom, we signed our death note. We did. We totally did. We opened Pandora's box, bro. We got it. Like, we're there. We're, oh, yeah, we're so great. But like I said, it's duality. As, as far as you think we are, the higher you go, the harder you fall, bro. I mean, literally, that's just it's just the way it goes, you know? So, <clears throat> autonomous machines capable of deadly force are increasingly prevalent in modern warfare. Despite numerous ethical concerns, is there anything we can do to halt the advance of these killer robots? Yeah, by Frank Pascal, The Guardian. You know, Frank, you got this right, bud. You got this right. The U.S. is reportedly saying that humans will stay in control of AI weapons. Honestly, that's just a load of BS. You know, the the age of autonomous warfare is already underway, man. Um, So this is the nitty gritty of this part of the podcast. And this is my honestly my favorite part. And this is where I think it kind of comes full circle because uh, you go you get the good, the bad, the ugly and all this other stuff. So let's get on into this. So uh, one of my first ones I wanted to talk about is nuclear war. I mean, it's just obvious. You know, these are these are all things that, you know, it's just like, yeah, dude, I mean, it can happen like that. Nuclear war is a very, very obvious, obvious, obvious one. I mean, again, like I said, as soon as that bomb was made, I mean, we could just start ending everybody's livelihoods immediately. Like, I'm really surprised. But then again, I'm not. Um, I'm surprised that America wasn't charged for war crimes for, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Because, I mean, I mean, the the amount of civilian tragedy was was unbelievable. And the only reason I think um, they didn't get charged is because of what the Nazis were doing and what Japan was doing. I mean, the Nazis were obviously just merciless killing machines and putting people into these uh, killer tanks and the death tanks and everything like that. And 
I mean, just just piling on the bodies. And while the Japanese were literally just killing any and everybody that wasn't Japanese, babies, little girls, little boys, it did not matter. They bayoneted babies. They would throw babies in the air and catch them on the edge of their bayonet. They were merciless. They were ruthless. They were for the cause of their country. Um, So I think that's probably the only reason why the U.S. didn't get charged for a war crime, because they were like, well, they were doing war crimes before. So that's understandable. Um, another another thing is uh, climate change. You have to throw that out there um, because the earth is, in my opinion, uh, its own body. And um, we have been a very strong virus for the earth. And we're only getting worse. That's why I posed the question. Like, should we just stop? Should we go back? Be a little bit more organic? Because the earth is going to get rid of us whether we like it or not. These storms are going to keep getting worse. We're going to just keep having to, to to move around and readjust. And it's literally going to get more violent after, you know, after today. But I mean, it's been getting violent before today. So, yeah, um, that's one of the obvious things. Um, AI, of course, duh, you know, as we build for a better future, we push away the human experience, which opts us to create human life human life you know and i'm just saying that just to just to scare you but you know you know but we're just going to create human-like robots to suffice which eventually will lead to our own demise humans itself of course i mean just 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 the way it is and um i kind of wanted to throw out the the idea of us you know like i said doing really good with technology doing really really good getting up there and like oh yeah we're getting space flight we're getting really good at space flight uh, we're going further than the moon. We're actually sending manned missions out there. And then let's say one day we get, get go as far as like Jupiter or something like that. And then the missions are successful. Now that means that we have genu- genuinely created space flight. And um, with a lot of other theorists, um, people believe that uh, aliens were here before and gave us a little jump. And then I think this is the ancient alien theory, honestly. Um, but they backed up or they're already here, you know, whatever. And they just live amongst us. But I really feel like if they were really intelligent, I think they probably notice how volatile we are and how we basically, if we see somebody pull up out of a spaceship, we're going to shoot it up or we're just going to be really ignorant about it. But once we have the ability to fly through space, they're going to have to confront us. They're going to have to, you know, it's just inevitable. So another thing I wanted to throw out there is the possibility of us just getting extinct by, you know, aliens. And it's probably not going to be our their fault. It's when an astronaut's going, you know, pop off. Like, oh, no, I don't trust them. You know, and then obviously they're going to have better weapons than us. So that's, you know, just throwing that one out there. Um, but uh, to get on the military aspect of this whole thing, like I was just doing. Weapons, some new ones, uh, some things that I was looking up. They've got, you know. First off, again, artificial intelligence is going to keep popping up because this is the automated life that we're going to keep doing. And it's, it's going to, you know, AI is, in my opinion, I like to change the term into automated intelligence, because when you boil it down, um, it is automated intelligence. It's automated life forms um, because these robots don't go through the, the simple or not so simple lifespan of a human being coming to be. You know, two robots don't get together. And and, and yeah, yeah, we're going to think about the, 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 the movie robots that was all cute and all, but it's not the same. You, two humans get together and 
go through a relationship, they get married, they have children, they physically have to have sex, they have to, you know, do that, you know, and then nine months later, you know, a baby is born and that woman went through like hell and back or had a good pregnancy and had the child, you know, and without complications and everything like that. Then the child has to actually grow to about like five years old to where he, he or she is really like, you know, a human being, you know, and then they grow and then they grow. Automated intelligence, and I'm gonna keep saying that just so you can get the point. Automated intelligence means you take out that whole dating aspect, you take out the marriage aspect, you take out the nine months that a woman is pregnant, you take out the the growth period for this human to be a human, and you just have one. The robot's just there with all the intelligence that you needed to have, with all the physical capabilities that you needed to have, what mission it needs to accomplish. It's already there. It's automated. It's right there. Then for it to be self-aware is the next dangerous thing. So that's just crazy stuff right there, right? But, but uh, we've got advanced defense equipment, robotics and autonomous systems, RAS, Internet of Military Things, IOMT, cyber warfare, immersive technologies, additive manufacturing, big data analysis. So breaking it down, advanced defensive equipment, hypersonic flight, um, directed energy weapons to what huh yeah that's that's okay uh, that's what i wrote yeah directed energy weapons to space oh yes yes i'm thinking of a, from a different complex uh but directed energy weapons to space so i don't know if you guys ever seen like certain superhero movies where they have a satellite in space and then you know boom uh <laughs> they have a beam of just heat or something like that that just like obliterates whatever they want you know and I, and apparently they already have stuff like that in the works uh apparently you know all the the evil guys got it you know Russia China and stuff like that right yeah totally but um but uh electronic uh propulsions uh for aircraft aircrafts uh, biotechnology and nanotechnology and nanotechnology for the sense of self-harming uh, self-harming well not suicide um self-healing armors so the advanced defense equipment is exactly that just advanced defensive equipment so the nanotechnology is not going to be used to like go and like take apart someone else's like whole like platoon or something like that and then we got RAS, you know, our robotics and autonomous systems, basically protecting forces, increasing situational awareness, reducing soldiers' physical and cognitive workload, and facilitating movement in, a ch in challenging terrains. Basically, the inter integration of RAS technologies allows militaries to achieve a lot of just that, basically, of of protecting their forces, increasing situational awareness, like with when you throw up a drone and it just scans the whole field. And even though you got really good binoculars and heat sensors, um, a lot of people have been getting really smart with the heat sensors and wearing certain blankets and, and certain, you know, uh, clothing to where their heat signatures are, aren't giving off. Whereas we get a drone that's advanced enough and, and, you know, up there enough that it will still read through that, you know. And also just faster equipment. And, and I mean, w why wouldn't we want like self-healing armor, you know? So that's where the nanotechnology comes from. Um, and then Internet of Military Things. This is an interesting like way that they put that. And then they like 
kind of its own acronym. And I'm just like, it looks like a college name, honestly. IOMT. Um, basically, connecting ships, planes, tanks, drones, soldiers, and operating bases in a cohesive network, enhancing perception, understanding in the field, situational awareness, and response time. It's 5G supported. So, this is something that they're already kind of working on. Um, basically, just more internet in the military field, literally, like just being able to sync up your, I guess, um, I guess your vitals to like a tank or something like that. Uh, just all types of uh, connection. So that way it's it's all working as one one cohesive network, like I just said. So that way there's less of confusion, there's less uh, less death and less uh, all of that basically um another thing is cyber warfare Ooh, we're finally at cyber warfare i know if anybody was sitting there thinking about technology i know somebody was like he should talk about cyber warfare so cyber warfare basically is just proning for military info via technology taking away the human element of espionage we ain't gonna have no james bond no more we got some nerdy guy sitting in his chair in his room with like 12 monitors and he's gonna be able to like basically prone um certain governments and, and certain, uh, I guess, terrorist agencies or something like that or uh, whatever he wants to do, even civilians, and, and probe them for knowledge and probe them for the information, like where they're going to meet and who they're going to meet with, what they're going to talk about. So that way it's information that we're going to have and yada, 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 or just hold people ransom because, hey, I know when your daughter was born and I know how she's allergic to bees. I've got a bee floating above her right now, you know, type of stuff, whatever. Um, additive manufacturing, reducing the weight of defense equipment, 3D printing, reducing costs and localized on demand production. So basically just, again, more automation, more making it uh, quicker and easier to create these defense defense equipment. That's it. Um, and that was the one thing I, I, I said that I was at a bar. The other day. And I just randomly brought this up. I was just like, can y'all imagine how World War Two would be if it happened right now? Can you imagine if, if after World War One, Hitler didn't pop up and it just took, you know, about two more generations for that Hitler to pop up and we have the technology that we have right now. One of the big factors in that war and, and obviously World War One as well was manufacturing. Um, the ability to, to whip out tanks, whip out ammunition, whip out weapons, uh, planes, all that. Now we have a lot more machines that could do that. I mean, the, the production, I, I, it would be, I, I, we would be at war for a long time had World War II happened right now. Or short time because of nuclear bombs and stuff like that. Um, but if we were to sustain ourselves from pressing that button... We would be at war for a long time because those planes will be made faster. Those tanks would be made faster. All the resources would probably come to a certain kind of halt in a certain sense. But we would find a way. We, we, we have that ability now. So that just putting that out there. And uh, another one was uh, big data, big bag, big data, big data analytics basically quantum computing the ability to extract the most vital data accurately and quickly just to analyze it and to put it to use it's similar to cyber warfare but this is less of the uh 
less of the, uh, I guess you could say, the ransomware and, and uh, the espionage and stuff like that. This is literally just the ability to take information and then process it super fast, like uh, in World War II, when they would hear codes and stuff like that, the ability to decode something and then use that information and boom, turn it into something really fast. So that would be, you know, real, real nice um, for us to be able to do. Um, so that was um, all of the, the, the weird little technological things that we got going on with uh, our military. So, um, you know, just put that into perspective for you guys. And um, I guess I'll go on my little tangent, I guess you could say. So that was all of the really bad. Now, I guess I can give you a, a little philosophical So, have I made you consider automation in a different light? Made you consider something being a little bit differently than uh, the way it's actually given to you? Um, because that's that's uh, how I feel about the definition of automation. Um, we've, we've, we've literally sat here and automated our entire livelihood. Our entire human experience has been automated. And, I mean, it's not horrible, but... Again, when you think of the duality of everything and how far things can actually go... Wally, of course, they can get pretty, pretty, pretty bad, pretty, pretty bad. All right. Um, so a couple of the things that uh, I want some people to consider in their daily livelihood is, um, you know, just how we automate everything. How everything is automated. The number one thing I've seen, um, I don't know, I think they're all number ones, really. We'll just go down the line and just start listing them. So like dating apps, basically, you know, like I don't I don't think the d- divorce rate has, has, has gone down. I think it's kind of just been going kind of steady. It's been real, real steady, you know, because I mean, people find love so fast, you know, with the, the dating apps, you know. But then again, as fast as you find uh, a date and stuff like that is the faster you realize that you don't want that person or you see something better. You know, um, people get stimulated too easily nowadays. Like there's no struggle in trying to find something you really like, you know, like the old movies love to depict, you know, early 2000s, 90s, 80s, 70s, go further. Um, You don't get that love story anymore. Like reality shows have automated love for you because you're just like, oh, I'm just going as reality show and find love. And I mean, they always majority of the time they end up divorced. Like it's an assembly line of human experience that we've created. And it's annoying to me, to me. I don't know about y'all. Y'all y'all like that stuff. <sighs> but um, we've automated the human experience and the love aspect. So um, when you boil down what a robot really is, it's it's automated intelligence. It's automated life. It's an automated life form. It's something that is without that human experience. And the human experience of creating life is two people meeting each other, becoming friends or something like that. I'll tell tale the, the, the beautiful story. Two kids meeting each other, growing up together and everything like that. They go through high school, they go through college, they meet each other again, da 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 They fall in love, they, they get married, they have children and all that. Now, this gets to the nitty gritty. That woman goes through pregnancy for nine months whether it's bad or good that child is born 
that child needs a certain amount of years to become a true adult, you know, someone who's, you know, reputable in society and everything like that. So it's like five years old. He's probably becoming he or she is probably becoming, you know, uh, more of a human. Ten years old, 20 years old, all this other stuff. Whereas if you create a robot, you take away the the love that that whole beautiful story. You take away nine months of pregnancy from a woman and you just have intelligence. You have physical being right there, something that can accomplish a mission in an instant, you know, and then you give it self-awareness. Oh, and then you got another being, you know, you've got augmented reality, practically, <laughs> you know, so it's just automated reality. It's just automated intelligence. It's, 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 it's crazy to think about, but it's not because it's, it's already been coming true. And in certain other aspects, it's like education, you know, these children are just being given, you know, stimulation. So they get bored easily. I mean, I don't like standardized testing. My mom's a teacher. She's been a teacher all my life. Um, my grandmother and uh, my aunt also in the school system. And we all really don't like standardized testing. And it's for a very valid reason. It's eliminating the factor of honestly teachers. What's the point of teaching someone when you're just going to have a test at the end? And honestly, I, I physically vividly remember a lot of those questions not even being something that the teacher taught. I just luckily knew what it was. And I know a lot of kids go through that as well. So that's why they give you these test packets, practice tests and stuff like that to be like, oh, well, this is going to familiarize you with that test. That's going to make or break you. Leap test, I leap, all that other stuff. That's for my Louisiana folk. But, you know, all these other states have standardized testing and stuff like that. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what y'all do. So it eliminates the actual caring and the human experience about dealing with your teacher and being like, I need to pass their test. I need to pass their class. Not really. You can really do the bare minimum during their class, you know, and then just go to the automated test and then you pass it and then you pass the grade. Woo. Whoop de doo. All you did was take in a little bit of information, regurgitate it on that paper. You forget about it. I see a lot of kids these days, they forget about a lot of that stuff. It's not it's not staying with them. Like I said, as fast as automation is there, it's gone. You know, it's automation. It's fast. It's quick. It's, it's just, you know, it's not long lasting. It's not it's not that tangible anymore. It's it's, it's not not at all. Not even close. So, um, OK, dogs. Um, so basically, it's just it's just interesting because a lot of people nowadays, it's it's, it's you want to deter children away from staring at their screens, staring at TV and stuff like that, and iPads and computers and gaming and all that. But that's just the way society is rolling right now. And I mean, it just gives you that stimulation. It gives you your stimulant. It really, really does. You know, like I sit there and think about like all my coworkers that have children and they're just like, yeah, they just be on their iPad. They just be playing their game and all that. And they don't really go outside. They don't really have an, uh, an experience. They don't have a human experience. It, their brain isn't, their mind isn't even with their body. It's, it's in a totally different reality. Like their body's just there, just kind of sitting there. And then their mind is going all these other, other little trips and stuff like that. So it's not really with them. You know, it's like the complete opposite of meditating. Meditating is supposed to bring you to, you know, bring your mind to your body. And that way you're, you're at peace in a certain sense. Um, so for me, experiencing things 
in a human way, it is a struggle and it's supposed to be a struggle because the struggle is, 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 is beautiful. There's beauty in the struggle and the struggle is obvious duality of life life and death you know you have a near-death experience a lot of these people have a, a lot of people have a near-death experience and i mean you have a way better appreciation for life but if you sit there and you just stare in technology you're like wally you're just doing everything automated oh i'm just gonna get my food automated i'm just gonna get food delivered to me doesn't matter i don't need to cook i don't need to learn how to cook all these other things are gonna do it for me you're literally just becoming a, a drone you're just you're just a sack of you know, organs moving around vaguely, you know, um, and that's another thing we've, we've literally automated food. We've automated feeding ourselves. I mean, we went from way back when everybody had to be hunters and gatherers. Then some person was like, you know what? I can be a really good hunter. I could be a really good gatherer and then bring it all to myself. And you know what? I'll distribute it to everyone for a price. I create a tavern. I create a bar. I create a restaurant. Then we have restaurants that have, you know, local restaurants. You have big restaurants that do really, really, really good. Then you have those restaurants that do really, really good. They make a chain. Then they make a chain restaurant. And so now we're speeding up the process, you know, making, you know, things a lot faster. We got fast food now and everything. And then here we are, day and age, food courier services. So we're automating the process like it was, you know, it used to be pizza delivery. Like that was the only thing you really got delivered to you was pizza. Like that was that was the thing. But now everything gets delivered to you. Not only pizza, not only Chinese, not only Italian food, not only McDonald's, even the fast food. You know, we've got Walgreens being delivered to you. We've got flowers being delivered to you, which, you know, obviously they did that before. But this is through those same courier apps. And then, like I said before. We've got drones being introduced. The UPS dropping off packages, Amazon automating the basically the shopping experience. You don't need to go into a mall anymore. You don't have to like it it, it builds a lot of all to me. A lot of this builds anxiety for people because they're they're not used to people anymore. They're just used to their phones. They just want to stay on their phones and their iPads. Oh, I'm just going to get it from Amazon. I don't need to go go to the store and talk to somebody and pay, you know, with my card and use cash and oh, count out the chain. You know, all those little bitty things are being automated. They're being taken away from you. And we're loving it. Humans are eliminating the human experience in, in such, not in a diabolical way, because, I mean, humans change. We, we, we're getting smarter and everything like that. And we're making our, you know, our technology smarter. So that way the technology is actually just repairing itself and making itself smarter. So it's it's a slippery slope, but it could be some something that we can grip onto and and. and catch ourselves before it gets too bad you know um but i hope i made y'all think about automation and i hope i made y'all think about just everything that you do in a daily life and then you hopefully you, you start to appreciate things around you you know more i guess intimately rather than pushing it away and going to going to coddle yourself with this automation that we've given ourselves you know all this electricity around us and we're not we're not feeling anything at all because it's so short-lived you know i i, I was watching um jim carrey uh 
in one of his interviews and he was just like um one of the main things that we forget is uh like it's not about what's happening in the future it's not about your future it's not about what happened in the past it's about this moment the moment that you're living the moment that you're breathing into the moment that you're speaking into the moment that you're thinking about right now you know and we're not doing that automation is taking that away from us it's beautiful it's a beautiful disaster it's it's, again you got to think about the duality you can't just think about it from one side you know, I know I'm painting that picture like it's real, real, real bad and everything like that. And I've given you all the bad, but I've given you the good. I've shown you the good. I've told you the good. I've told you the good things that come from it. We all know the good things that come from it. But, you know, humans tend to make things bad. That's just that's just what we do. Um, so I still leave you with the question. Should we continue? Should we continue to advance and advance and bring in AI and make it be the thing that iRobot has warned us about, Wally has warned us about, all the science fiction has warned us about. Do you think we're going to get further or do you think we're going to actually, you know, surpass that and be better than ourselves that we've already depicted ourselves doing? Or should we, you know, stop, stand right here, stand around, look around and just see, hey, you know what, let's just make everything organic. We can keep the technology, but make it a little bit more organic, fuel emissions and everything like that. The, the carbon emissions, let's, let's lower all that so that we can still stay on this planet and we can still survive. We can still have the automation that we like and love and all the stimulus that you guys love and love to love and all that stuff. Or should we just go back, erase it all, start from scratch, start over again? So that way we can just give the earth a time to breathe. But thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your listening. This is the Inner Space Theory with your host, Joshua Marino. Signing out.